Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Today's Amud and Masechus Brachas is Lamed Vav Amud Aleph. This is actually yesterday's Amud on Shabbos, but we didn't do it, so we're going to do it now. Ez Hashem. Amud Vav Amud Aleph, 36a. And we're going to start the two dots, about seven lines from the top of the page. We're going to have three points of discussion in today's learning. First, we'll talk about the bracha on the consumption of wheat flour. Very interesting, flour itself, seemingly. The second, we'll talk about korah. Korah is the palm shoots, and we'll explain when we get there. And the third, we'll talk about slaf, which is caper bush. Regarding the halacha of Arla and Chutzlar. As Hashem will get through this today. Three different discussions as it ties in what are the brachas slash Arlas we'll get into later on these different items. So let's get started. It's about seven lines from the top of Lamed Vav Mud Aleph. The Gemara tells us as follows. Now, we know the Rashi tells this to us here. We're going to learn about it later. If you chew on wheat itself, like the kernels of wheat itself, so you'll say a bracha of Borya Priha Adama. The reason is because that is a priha adama. It's something that grows from the ground. However, the first machlekes we're going to have is regarding wheat flour. Rashi learns we're talking about just wheat flour. That's the idea. It's wheat flour. Tosfa says this has to be some specific type of wheat flour. Because if we're just talking about wheat flour in general, there wouldn't be a bracha at all because that's not really consumable. He says it's perhaps it's some sort of kernels that are dried out in an oven and that becomes, to some degree, edible. So then we'll have a machlokas if the bracha on this wheat flour is ha'adama or shahakol. Now, why would it be shahakol? Shahakol is any time you enjoy something, you have to make a bracha. So that's the basic bracha given to anything that doesn't have a particular bracha. The svaro would be is that this is no longer the fruit. This is no longer the item that grew from the ground. It's something that's diminished inferior, so it's shahakol. But ha'adama would be, no, this still could be like chewing wheat. It's not considered diminished, and therefore it should retain okay, its but bracha. But the kernels are not really eatable. I hear. So we'll discuss that that specifically later. But the Gemara says like this, kimcha dechiti, so wheat flour. Rav Yehuda amar boire pri ha'adama. So Rav Yehuda says the bracha is boire pri ha'adama. L'chayra, he holds that it doesn't lose its status, just like chewing the wheat itself would be boire pri adama. Grinding it up into flour would not lose that status. Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says it loses its status of boire pri adama, and now it's only shahakol niyabidvara. So, because you're benefiting, so you say shahakol. Amrli Rav Rav Nachman. So Rav turned to Rav Nachman, he said, You shouldn't argue on Rav Yehuda. It means his position of ha'adama is much more logical. Why? I'm going to bring a raya from something we said in the last sugya. Because we will prove from Yochanan and Shmuel's position about drinking olive oil, or consuming olive oil, that supports the position of Rav Yehuda. Because either it was said in the name of Shmuel or in the name of Rav Yochanan, Shemen Zayis, when it comes to olive oil, Mevarchen alav bore pri the bracha that we say on it is bore pri ha'etz. Now, let's just speak this out. We mentioned the last sugi, the only way you'd say bore pri ha'etz is when you consume it in large measure for medicinal purposes because it still has some benefit. Either way, that's what we clarify there. But the point is, Alma, we see, afal gav de ishtani, even though it was changed, and Rashi explains, in a certain way it's negative because 
it's it it was changed. Um, the olive originally was a fruit. Now it was squeezed out, and now you have oil. But there's no higher level that it's to reach, or more significant status that it is to reach. So in a certain way, this is considered negative. But nonetheless, bimil sakai, it retains its status of bore pri ha'etz. Achinami, so the Gemara says that uh, here, um, one second, that Rava saying to Rav Nachman, also over here regarding wheat flour, Hachinami afal gav de ishtani. So Rav says to Rav Nachman, even though the wheat has been turned into flour, bimil sekai, it should still retain its status of bore priha adama. So the svara seems to be that Rav is saying to Rav Nachman, don't argue on Rav Yehuda. Exactly. Is that the same way the olives turn into oil, and yet it still is considered a bore priha eitz, it doesn't lose it, even though that's considered negative to a certain degree, because originally it was a fruit, now it's something that's not going to be elevated any more than this oil, l'chayra. So to here, where you have the flour, which is considered l'chayra detrimental to the original state of the wheat, it should still retain its status of bore pri ha'adama. So the Gemara refutes this comparison, and it says, not, not, a, not a comparison. Mi dami, could you compare the oil that emerges from the olive and the flour that is the ground-up wheat Hasam regarding the oil, lastly Iluyacharina. There's no higher status. So the way Rashi explains it is we wait, the way we, we perceive this is the purpose you planted those olives was to make olive oil. So this is considered its end game. It makes sense then that it would be Bari Priyo eight. Exactly. That's considered the pre. Hacha, but over here means regarding the wheat flour. It's true. You originally had wheat. Now you ground it up into flour, but that's not the end game. It has a higher level, which is a final form. We'd make bread. So therefore the Gemara says is you wouldn't be able to prove against the position of Rav Nachman. Perhaps it is actually Shehakal Niyabidvara. The Gemara interjects and says, is that true? Is that logic true? Is it true when it still has a level to go? It's not in its final form. You wouldn't say Bari Priya Adama, but you would only say Shehakol. But it was said in the name of Shmuel, if you eat raw pumpkin. Now, people don't eat raw pumpkin, apparently. That's not a normal thing to do. I don't know if, I'll, I mean, only pumpkin I guess I've eaten is probably pumpkin pie, but uh, raw pumpkin. It is nice, yeah. The kimcha desari and barley flour. Now, we know in the times of Chazal for sure, barley was considered inferior to wheat. It was considered animal food. So in the Bryce, it, Shmuel's statement says, kimcha desari, or if a person eats... Six grains. Correct, correct. Kimcha desari, barley flour, mevarchinan alayu shahakol nihiyabedvaray. So you have to make the bracha only of shahakol nihiyabedvaray. So the Gemara says, why does Shmuel highlight that you say shahakol nihiyabedvaray on barley flour? My love, so l'chari, the implication is, dechiti, that if it's wheat flour, which is superior to barley flour, bari priha adama. It must be that what he's saying is that barley flour, which is inferior, there you'd say shahakol if you eat it, because again, it lost its significance when it was turned into fl- uh, flour. But the wheat flour, the implication, l'chari should say, that it's bari priha adama, so it's a kasha against Rav Nachman. So the Gemara says, Lo, you know, you're misunderstanding the Chiddush of Shmuel. Really, wheat flour would also be deemed shehakol niyabidvare. So the Gemara says, If that's true, why didn't Shmuel say wheat flour is shehakol 
And then I would say certainly barley flour, which is less significant, is not ha'adama, but is shahakol. So the Gemara answers, no, because if Shmuel would have said that wheat flour is shahakol, hava amina, I would have said animili dechiti. Maybe only wheat flour, which is more significant, is shahakol. But barley flour, I might have said barley flour is so insignificant it doesn't attain a status of bracha at all. Kamash Malan, the Chiddush therefore is, barley flour still has some benefits and therefore it will be considered shahako. Says the Gemara, but how would you have such a havamina? Would barley flour be less significant than salt and brine? Some sort of an agent used to pickle something. The Tanah in the Mishnah tells us later on Memun Beis, Alamelech Valazamis, salt and brine, even though these are not normal foods that are consumed, you still would say shahakol if you benefit by eating it. So the Gemara says, you couldn't have thought barley flour should be any less. So the Gemara says, no, it's derich. It is necessary because Salkadai Tachamina would have entered your mind to say the following. Melach vizamis avit inish shadi lepume. It could be that it's a normal thing once in a while for a person to put salt or brine in his mouth for the taste. It could be. Avil kimcha desari, but barley flour, hoil vekoshe lekukiani. Sarash is a very interesting thing. Apparently, barley flour causes intestinal worms. I'm not really sure why. Maybe these were things that had certain, uh, what's it called? Um, parasites inside of them. I'm not sure exactly why. But if you if you preparation and going to the stomach the right but the problem is it could cause those intestinal worms apparently that's what the Gemara is saying so since it could cause those intestinal worms you may have said that's considered damaging if it's damaging maybe you shouldn't make a bracha at all and therefore Shmuel was saying nonetheless you should still make a bracha because there is a hana associated since there's a hana from it a benefit you should make a bracha now the Mepharshim point out over here that there has to be a difference between this case of eating barley flour and drinking oil. Because in the last sugya we said, if a person would drink olive oil straight, since it's azuke, it damages your body, you don't make a bracha. Here we're saying even though it damages, you do make a bracha on barley flour. I mean, wheat would be the same. You would still make shahakol, according to Rav Nachman. But the point is, you'd still make a bracha on this barley flour. So the Farshim discussed the distinction in regards to oil being more problematic. Either it's an immediate damage, more of a widespread damage, barley flour is only a, um, a byproduct or a side effect perhaps of eating it, but it's not considered damaging in the same way, and therefore you'd still make a bracha on it. Let's move on to the second sugi now. So kaira. Kaira, Rashi learns, is the shoots of uh, trees, palm shoots. So Rashi explains that how it works is apparently the, the branches of the palm trees in the first year, they're very soft, and some people eat them. They're edible. The second year, they harden, and they become inedible. So some people would eat it in its soft state. Others learn this is talking about, uh, what's it called, hearts of palm. But Rashi learns, it's talking about the palm trees themselves. The are in the trunk, not in the branch. Correct. So that's, the others learn this to be like that. But Rashi seems to hold that it's talking about the palm branches themselves. Initially, they're soft, and some people consume them like that. Um, but then they get harder the next yeah, year, response. and they're inedible. Delicacy, even though when you taste it, it has no taste. Right, right, I guess, yeah. But, but it's a sure. delicacy, and you pay a, a high price for it. Right, I guess, uh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that grows where I, where I was born. Mm-hmm. It's a product of the thing. So, Kaira, Zaktagimara, palm shoots. Again, these soft palm shoots in the first year. What's the bracha you'd make on these? Let's just speak this out for a second. When you plant a palm tree, l'chaira, 
What are you planting the palm tree for? For the dates. Lechayr, it's for the fruit, which is the dates. So Shaila is going to be... So, so that's the thing. In the first year, we're saying they're soft, these palm shoots, and they are edible. But the shaila is the intent of the planter, l'chayr, wasn't for that. So what bracha would you make on those? Right. So Kaira says the Gemara, these palm shoots, it's machlaik, it's Rebuda, Amar Boire Pri Ha'adama. Rebuda says you'd say Boire Pri Ha'adama because it's considered a product of the ground. And therefore, if you eat these palm shoots, you'd still make a bracha of Boire Pri Ha'adama, not just Shahako. Shmuel is the Rebbe of Rabbi Yehuda. Shmuel said, No, listen, it loses its bracha. This is not a fruit. This isn't the fruit of the ground. This is nothing significant. But there is Hanas, so you say, The Gemara explains the, the Machlokas. Rav Yudah says, you say, He says, look, this is a fruit of the ground. It's not a fruit of the tree, so you don't say, But it is a fruit that comes from the ground, so you should say, Shmuel says you say like this. Since in the second year this branch is going to harden and then it's completely inedible, already we look at it not as a product of fruit, but rather as it's something you're benefiting from. So you have to say shakol, but it's not bore yeah, It goes down to the minimum brocha. That's exactly right. And then you're benefiting, so you make shakol. Now, Shmuel was the Rebbe, and Shmuel turned to his Talmud of Yehuda, who was arguing on him, and Amrle Shmuel of Yehuda, Shmuel said to Rav Yehuda, Shinina, sharp one, that's what he called his student, Rav Yehuda, he said, Kavaseich Mistavra, in accordance with your opinion, it's more logical, meaning it's more logical to say, like you're saying, that you should make actually Bore Priyadama. You see, Shmuel, when he argued in Torah, he didn't argue for his own ego to any degree at all. Everything was about the Amita Shal Torah, the truth of Torah. So therefore he said, no, you're arguing on me, but you're right, and I'll prove you that you're right. And Why? His, his ego was uh, controlled. What's that? His ego was There was controlled. no ego. That's the point. <laughs> it didn't exist. So he said, we're arguing, but I'm going to bring you a raya because you're right. So turned to Yehud and he said, I'll prove your position that on these palm shoots we should say, because it's considered a fruit and not just shahako like I'm saying. Why? Snoin is radish. So regarding it's something that if you leave it in the ground, it'll eventually harden like wood. It'll become hard and inedible. And yet, we do say on radishes. So you see, even though there is this svara that it'll eventually harden and become inedible, Presently, it's edible. It's considered a product of the ground. And you say, Bari Pri Ha'adama. So, Zag Shmuel you see, that's the, that's the Allah here too. But the Gemara says, that's not a Raya. Oh, why is it not a Raya? Velahi. That's not a good Raya because Regarding radishes, a person plants them for the soft radishes that are edible. People like radishes. Um, yeah, my family looks right. I don't like radishes, really. But, but so people like radishes. I think my father likes it. I don't like it so much. But my grandma likes it. I, I'm not a fan, really. But either way, people plant it to eat the radish. That's the point. That's the kavana. That's they're the product. In, they're good in salads. They're good in salads, yeah. It's like the soups. Anyways, kitzer. That's something that people plant it to eat. So that's priha That makes sense. But dikol in Italian, she had to dikaira. The Gemara says is, regarding a palm tree, you don't plant the palm tree for the palm shoots. You plant it for the dates. Mamela, you can't say, says the Gemara Shmuel, that it will be a riot to Yehuda that you'd make ha'adama on the palm shoots. There's some benefit of the tree itself because it provides shade. 
Oh, that's right. You're just hurting the tree when you take it off. Exactly. That's right. Says the gem- oh, That's true, but you don't make a brach on it because it provides oh, no, shade. No, the no, consumption no. would be fact, right. You don't make a brach for shade. Cor- uh, correct. Uh, correct. Even, even though it's pleasant to Right. That's a different yeah. story. Right. We'll get to that later, maybe. Not that's, that's not exactly. That's what we're discussing here. Says the Gemara. Wait a second. So what you're saying in order to refute Shmuel's raya is if you don't plant it for that intention, you wouldn't make a bracha then of hadama or ha'etz on it. Is that true? I'll prove to you otherwise. So we're going to introduce now is something called slaf. Slaf is caper bush. Now we're going to see this caper bush had many different types of growths that emerge from it with, with that are all seemingly somewhat consumable. But because one is considered the primary fruit, that's going to be ha'etz, which is the berries, whereas we're going to have other parts that are not considered the primary fruit, and yet we're going to say, still it's bayapri ha'adamas. So Gemara is going to say, even though the intent isn't to plant for that specifically, which we'll see momentarily, that's the less uh, focal point, nonetheless, it still has a bracha, bayapri when a person plants caper bush, he plants it for the berries that emerge. Vitzinat in the Mishnah yet the Mishnah says the different types that emerge from the caper bush. So he says like this: tamaris, the leaves and the tamaris are these date-like protrusions that emerge from it. So on those items, you say the bracha of So one second, even though these are not the primary focus when you plant it. There still is a bracha of Bereprihadama. Now Valavyanis Vala Kafrisin regarding the berries and the husks that surround the berries, Aimer Bayaprio eats, he says the bracha of Bayaprio eats. So says the Gemara, what do you see? Even though your intention is for the berries, nonetheless, if you eat those other parts, the leaves and the date-like protrusions, you do say bari priha adama. So you see, even though you don't have intention for that when you plant it, it still attains a significant bracha. No, when a person plants the caper bush, it's for all of the product that comes from it. So therefore you'd say on the other products. When you plant a palm tree, you're not planting it for <coughs> the the uh, palm shoots. And because as Rashi explains, as opposed to the the, the caper bush, the other items that grow from it, they're things that people intend to eat and enjoy. When you eat the palm shoots, you're essentially damaging the tree because you're taking off branches that would otherwise produce fruit. So that's not the intention. That's why you would say shahakol. And even though the Gemara concludes, Shmuel praised the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda, nonetheless, the Allah is like Shmuel, that on this uh, Palm shoots, these koira, you would say shahakol because we say soifalahakshais, it's not considered its significant fruit in any way, and therefore just benefit, so therefore you'd say shahakol. Now we move on in this discussion of the caper bush. Now, before we see this inside, it's very important just to understand something in the background here. We have halacha in the Torah called Arla. Arla is the first three years of a, uh, f- a tree's production. Prohibited. Arla is prohibited. Three years. The fourth year we have what is called Revai. It's we had earlier actually, if it's Netter Revai or Karam Revai. But either way, fourth year produce, we take Tirushalayim and eat Nirushalayim. Right. Now, there is in Mesechus Kedushan, we learned this, a discussion if it's Dairaisa Drabbanan. Now let's just say, this is how we're going to learn the Sugya here. In Eretz Yisrael, Arla Lachairu would be Dairaisa, again, fruit trees. In Chutz Aretz, we're going to go with the Shita who says Arla is only Drabbanan. 
Okay, it's only at most it's an iser derabbanan. It's a machlekis there actually because it says it's a halacha. Either means it's a halacha lemoshe misina, which will be actually deraisa, or it means it's a halacha midrabbanan. But we're going to go. Rashi learns this sugya holds it's an iser derabbanan in chutzlaretz. Now, Amar of Yehuda Amar Rav. Rav Yehuda Amar Rav says as follows: Tzlaf shel arla bechutzlaretz. If you have tzlaf, this caper bush of arla. In Chutzlaretz, Rashi says, according to the sheet that we're going, that holds Arla in Chutzlaretz is rabbinic in nature. He throws away the berries, means the berries is considered the fruit. So therefore it's Asr in Chutzlaretz. But he could eat the husks surrounding the berries. Now seemingly that would be because he holds that's not considered a fruit. Meaning, if it's not considered the fruit, mm-hmm. so then it doesn't have the halacha like of arla. It's even the th- tree or something. It's to like some it. degree, or, or even if it's a vegetable. The point would be is that it wouldn't take on fruit-like status. So the three, if the three years uh, are not a... Um, it wouldn't be an issue. Not an issue. So the Gemara says, Lemaimer, this would imply the Evyanus peri. The Revita Marav holds that the Evyanus, the berries, are considered the fruit. The Kafris and Lav peri. And the husks surrounding the berries are not considered a fruit. The problem is, Veraminu, we have a contradiction because we quoted earlier, that we said when it comes to the different types of products that emerge from this caper bush, the leaves, and the date like protrusions, you say, we said the berries and the husks that surround them, you say, so it seems to be that those husks do Arre. constitute a How can you say it's mutter to eat those of Arla and Chutzlaretz? So the Gemara answers, he holds, Rav Yudom Rav holds like a different Tana. Who the Amr Rabbi Akiva? He holds like the position of Rabbi Akiva. Now before we see this inside, it's important to understand this also. Midai Raisa, Meiser, this is how Rashi learns, is only taken off of great grain, grapes, and olives. Three types in Eretz Yisrael. Other produce in Eretz Yisrael is only Midra Banan, and in Chutz Laaretz is also Midra Banan L'chaira. So the Gemara tells us like this. There's a Mishnah in Meister that says as follows. It's not. Eliezer says, Tzlaf, when it comes to this caper bush, you have to take off Meisrus of Tmaris Ve'evyonis Ve'kafrisin, of the date-like protrusions, of the berries, as well as the husks surrounding the berries. Rabbi Akiva, Oimer, Rabbi Akiva says, Ein mis'aser ele evyonis bilvad. You only take off Meisrus from the evyonis, from the berries themselves, Mepneishahu pri, because that's considered its fruit. So Meisrus only would apply to the berries, to the which is the fruit, not to the husks surrounding it. So says the Gemara of Yehuda Marav agrees with Rabbi Akiva, since the other items, the husks, are not considered the fruit for maestros, it also wouldn't be considered a fruit for Arla purposes, and thus in Chutzlar it would be mutter. Says the Gemara of Enema Halachik Rabbi Akiva. So why didn't Rabbi Yudah Marav just say, the Halachas like Rabbi Akiva, quote the Tana that you seem to be siding with. Gemara answers, E, Amar Lachak Rabbi Akiva. If he would have said that Lachas Rabbi Akiva, I mean, I would have said, Afilu Ba'aretz. I'd say, maybe even in Eretz Yisrael, the husks don't have a status of Arla. So Kamash Malan, he said, no. In Eretz Yisrael, the husks would be considered a halach of Arla. But the reason in Chutz Laaretz were Mekil is as follows. Anything that there's a leniency in Eretz Yisrael, regarding Arla. Since in Chutz Laaretz, at most, it's an Isidra Banan, so what we could say is, wherever we find a leniency 
regarding Arla and Eretz Yisrael, we could be lenient in Chutz Laaretz as well. Memela, since he sides with the position of Rabbi Akiva, that in Eretz Yisrael you don't have to take off maestros from the husks, in Chutz Laaretz it's mutter to consume those husks as well. But not in Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, we'd say those husks perhaps do have halacha of Arla. Asks the Gemara, the name of halacha Rabbi Akiva bechutzla Aretz. So then why didn't he just say, Rabbi Yudamarav could have said, the halacha is like Rabbi Akiva and chutzla Aretz. And the Svara is, to call a mekil ba'aretz halacha kamaisa bechutzla Aretz. Because whenever there's a leniency regarding Arla in Eretz Yisrael, we can apply it in chutzla Aretz, where it's only in a sidrabana. So the Gemara says, if he would have said this, Havamina would have said, Maybe that's only true by Maestras of the tree. Because Maestras itself of caper bush in Eretz Yisrael is only Midraban. Like we said, it's only grain grapes and olives that are Midairaisa. So maybe there in, in uh, so maybe Maestras we could be Makil because. Maestros we can make ill because even in Eretz Yisrael at most it's only midrabbanon. Avogave arla de ba'aretz midairaisa. But regarding arla, which in Eretz Yisrael is actually asa midairaisa, so aim I would have said bechutz laaretz nami nigzor. So you'd see maybe we have to make a gezera and the husks should be prohibited in chutz laaretz as well. So kamash malan. Therefore, Vidam Rav said it as a standalone point, which is to say chutz laaretz were make ill. It's based on the position of Rabbi Akiva. The husks are allowed to be consumed. We'll finish off with a story that seems to tie into this psaq. Ravina Ashkache, the Marbar Ravashi, the Kazarik of Yonis Fikacha Kafrisin. Ravina found Marbar Ravashi. He was in Bovel, so this is Chutzlaretz. He was throwing away the berries of the caper bush of Arla, and he was eating the husks. So Amar Le Ravina turned to Marbar Ravashi and he said, My daitich, what's your position? Rabbi Akiva de Mekil, like Rabbi Akiva, who's Mekil. Since Rabbi Akiva holds that we don't have to take off Maestras and Eretz Yisrael for those. Uh, husks, memela, in chutzl arts we could be makil regarding arla of those husks. The problem is, Ravina turned to Marbar Ravashi says, if you want to be makil, I'll show you a sheet that was even more makil. Why don't you pass like Beishamai, who's even more makil? It's not like the Mishnah in Kilayim teaches us. It's laugh. Regarding caper bush, Now, regarding Kilayim in, in a vineyard, in order to make something usher as Kilayim, it has to be either vegetables or grains, but not fruit, not fruit of the tree. So Beishamai say, Tzlaf would create an issue of Kilayim in a vineyard. Say it's not considered kilayim in a vineyard, but elu elu both Beishamai and Beishelul agree that there would be an obligation of arla. Now Beishelul's opinion makes a lot of sense because Beishelul holds considered a fruit tree. Mela, it's not an issue of of kilayim in a vineyard, and it has an issue of arla because that's no to fruit trees. But Hagufakashin, Beishamai's position is difficult because Amritzlap Beishamai kilayim bekerem. You said first of all that Beishamai say it's kilayim bekerem, which implies that it's considered it's considered a vegetable. But then you said, agrees, that it's it's considered a fruit tree. So which one is it? So the Gemara says, it must be, what does Beishamai hold? Beishamai has a suffix. Do we look at slaf as considered fruit or is it a vegetable? Memela, regarding kilayim will be lechumra and say it's a vegetable. Regarding arla will also be lechumra, which is to say it's like a fruit. What would emerge, though, according to Beis Shammai, is according to Beis Shammai, it's considered a suffix arla, which is to say that tzlaf altogether is a suffix. Now, why is that important? It's not, and the Mishnah in Arla teaches us suffix arla when it comes to something that is a suffix arla. So, Be'eretz Yisrael, in Eretz Yisrael, where arla is midairaisa, it's us, so you can't eat that. Suffix dairaisa lechumra. 
Ubisuria Mutter. Now, Surya is Syria, which is the surrounding region next to Eretz Yisrael. Now, really, it's rabbinically Usr there, but since it's close to Eretz Yisrael, we're going to say it's Mutter, but you can't be as lenient as General Chutzlaritz, as we'll see in a moment. There's a certain leniency that applies. If, if it's brought to the market, you could buy it. You could be, say, Suffolk Darabana Lakula, but you can't create that Suffolk, as we'll see in a moment. But in general, Chutzlaritz, you can descend and purchase it, which means you could even tell the farmer. Go pick from one of your fields and bring me the tzlaf, even though it's a suffix arla. Ubalvachali and who like it as long as you don't see him picking it. And you can't apply the same leniency in Surya, but in Chutzlarts you could do that. So asks the Gemara, you, Ravina says to Ravashi, you're clearly trying to be lenient like the Mekil regarding this arla of, of tzlaf. If that's true, why are you only being Mekil like Rabbi Akiva, be Mekil like Beis Shammai, and say suffix arla, even the berries should be considered mutter in Chutzlarts? So the Gemara answer is Rabbi Akiva of Makam Rabbi Yezer Avdin and Kavase. No. Rabbi Akiva versus Rabbi Yezer, we could pass in like Rabbi Akiva. Meaning the fact that Rabbi Yezer argues Rabbi Akiva, that doesn't disregard or push away the position of Rabbi Akiva. He maintains his position. He was actually the Rebbe of Rabbi Yezer. But Beishame versus Beishilo ain't a Mishnah. We don't consider that a uh, acceptable psak altogether. So therefore, says Marba Ravashi, essentially, I could be lenient like Rabbi Akiva, so as to say that I'll eat the husks, but not the berries, but to be more lenient and say it's a suffix, you create a suffix and it'll be mutter, like Beis Shammai, Beis Shammai in the place of Beis Hill is insignificant, and therefore we can't rely on that leniency. Now really we're stopping here, three lines from the top of the line of the this middle of the sugya, we're going to have to continue and challenge this psak more, but as uh, we'll pick up with that tomorrow, Lama Bavamud Beis. We're going to have a wonderful day.